During the summer, getting out in a boat for an hour's exercise, walking, cycling or wheeling, was one of the few pleasures in lockdown. With many people working from home, the roads became quieter and thus safer for families to get out and about. And councils around the country have been doing their best to improve the infrastructure as well, creating safe spaces for cyclists and walkers. The City of Edinburgh Council, for example, has identified a number of key routes, and Kirsty Lewin has been out on her own bike to discover for herself just how effective these have been. It all started one day when I thought, I wonder what it would be like for an ordinary person just to head off using the existing infrastructure in, Ed- in Edinburgh, which in parts is very good and in parts is less so, and try out this new infrastructure and see whether I could you know, just do some functional trips, so a touch of shopping, really, and decided to tweet that out as as urban safaris they became known as. And it very quickly became clear to me that the council have been doing, I think, a fantastic job where they can in, in straight lines. But when it comes to a difficult junction or having to reprioritize vehicles, then sometimes things don't work out as well. And initially, certainly, the other problem has been that some drivers, and quite a significant number of them, have been ignoring the new spaces for people rules and have been parking in the new spaces that are for pedestrians and or for cyclists. So that initially was was pretty frustrating, despite the council's best effort to get stuff in quickly. And of course, with some of those cars being parked, they'd actually removed some of the street furniture in order to get their car in there. So that must be even doubly frustrating. Yes, we saw some some examples. And of course, people on social media have been photographing them. So initially, when the council was using cones, so with the, you know, the very first um, expanded pavements and cycle lanes that went in, the council was using cones and then coming back and putting in more permanent infrastructure or, or more solid temporary infrastructure, um, such as bollards and defenders. We saw drivers and we saw local business people and traders removing the cones so that they could park right into the spaces. So it was very frustrating. I mean, that's become more difficult for drivers to do now because we have mostly have the bollards screwed into place. But we have still seen drivers driving into spaces that are for people to walk or to cycle in, particularly in places like George's Fourth Bridge. So very frustrating. How much support are you, and indeed presumably the wider spokes organisation, how much support are you getting in the campaign to actually improve the infrastructure throughout the city? I think it's it's very mixed and it's polarised. So that we can see from the initial engagement exercise online that the council did at the beginning of the process when people were asked to put in a point on a map where an improvement needed to be made for walking, cycling or wheeling. There were thousands of responses. So it showed that people were really wanting to engage with this, that there's a huge demand for walking and cycling and wheeling infrastructure in the city, that the current routes are not networked properly, so a network is only as good as its broken link. And so there is demand, and people in early lockdown, you know, we all know that numbers of walkers went up and the numbers of cyclists went up really significantly. Unfortunately, as we've gone through COVID, numbers have dropped again on cycling, particularly. And as everyone will be aware, traffic has increased. And so it feels a lot more dangerous. 
We're hearing numbers of very vociferous complaints by some traders and by some motorists. And it's understandable that people are concerned. People are concerned that, that they think they're perhaps losing business or that it's more difficult to drive around a city. Um, but change is hard and, and people don't like change. And a report came out from Public Health Scotland, I think it was on Thursday or Friday in the last week, explaining how mobility needed to be across Scotland in order for us to get through COVID safely and successfully. And that report said that we had to stop traffic increasing, traffic levels increasing, and that we had to prioritise public transport and walking, cycling and wheeling infrastructure. So it's clear what we have to do, but there are elements or groups that are, are hostile to change and sometimes you could argue that they're right and, and so the council has tried something and it needs to be tweaked in order to make it work better, particularly for people who have blue badges, uh, so people who need to drive their cars because they're disabled. But there are other elements of hostility where it's hostile because driving is going to become more inconvenient than it may have been. We see that here in Portobello, for example, with the suggestion that there should be bus gates, for example, in Brighton Place. Yes, and so there's been a bit of low-level discussion in Spokesporty about that. And I mean, it's a really, it's a really interesting idea. It depends whether people think Porty should be a destination and, and a place of residence and shopping or whether it should be a through route to other places. So if you think it should be a destination only and a place where people can walk and cycle and wheel and mill about and spend time browsing in the high street, then a bus, taxi, cycle gate could be something worth exploring. But before we did that, we'd really have to get a much better sense of what is the traffic on the high street. And some analysis of that would be really helpful. So doing a count, for example, during the week at weekends to work out who is driving through the high street and further along. Is it local traffic or is it through traffic? If there's a lot of through traffic, then it's quite clear that that could be diverted. The problem, of course, is that there is so much building going on, not just in Portobello itself, but uh, further out towards the east and southeast, that the existing routes into the centre of town are getting increasingly congested. The congestion is also arising because people are not using public transport that used to, so people are driving instead of using public transport because people are naturally afraid or they've been advised not to. You know, we're always going to have commercial need to have access for commercial vehicles, but there are a lot of private vehicles on the road that probably don't need to be there. And if we had a much safer and connected network of cycling and wheeling infrastructure, then I'm sure people could be persuaded to move, particularly with the use of electric bikes, onto a cycle network rather than feeling that they need to drive into an ever congested city with all the health problems that are associated with that. I mean, we've seen, for example, the Just Eat bikes in Edinburgh, a tremendous increase in usage um, during lockdown. And in fact, a few days ago, a very common site, I stopped and had a chat to a family on the prom and the parents were on the Just Eat bikes, the rental bikes, and their two little boys were on their own bikes. 
And this was a great example of how, you know, if you have the infrastructure and you have the bikes available, then families are able to get out and, and do that and, and enjoy cycling or walking in their leisure, whereas previously maybe they might have gone for a drive. And of course, speaking of electric bikes, there is interest-free loan money available for this from the Scottish government to help you actually buy one of these things. Yes, that's right. Of course, the bikes are still expensive, um, although they are coming down in price. I saw an article this week about buying electric bikes for just under £1,000. But £1,000 is a lot of money if you're on a low income. And the costs of electric bikes tend to be more two to 3000 And that's really out of range for a lot of low-income families, even with an interest-free loan. So I think we need to think much harder about finding a financial model where people on low incomes can access electric bikes, either through long-term rental or a subsidy to purchase their own. I think really ideas around access to electric bikes are just, just coming online now as we get much more of a sense of, of the possibilities, particularly in a city like Edinburgh, which is relatively compact. You know, with a reasonable electric bike, I can get from Porty into the city centre in 25, 30 minutes. Now, that's not possible in a car and it's not possible on the bus. She believes that the more people who are willing to join the campaign for safer walking, cycling and wheeling routes around the city, the faster change will take place. However, it also seems likely that reform will need to come from the top, from the Scottish Government, if long-term changes are to come into being.